Hi again, it's Corey, and uh, back to the uh, When Sysadmins Rule podcast. It's been um, an interesting week. Uh, I've been off in um, I've been off in, in uh, University of North Carolina at a copyright conference, and uh, it was quite fruitful and and interesting. Um, I've also had some interesting news in respect to this story. The first is that I finished it, which is great, and the second is that uh, Eric Flint has bought it for uh, the new Bain magazine, um, which is a uh, uh, new adventure magazine, online magazine. So the text will be available shortly. I think it'll be the second issue of the magazine uh, sometime around December in the new year, and um, the magazine will be a pay-for-download, but there won't be any DRM in it. And you can either get the whole magazine for, I think, 5 or $6, or you can buy the story for, I think, a dollar. Um, Eric was kind enough to take it and give me some editorial feedback, and I rewrote it yesterday in the airport, and now we're ready to go. I just a little in-game interview in Second Life, and uh, I'm recording this podcast while I wait for my laptop to back up, and then I'm going to jump on a train and go to Oxford and speak at the Brazilian Center. And I finally get a couple of days off this weekend, which I'm really looking forward to. All right, then, with no further adieu, and with my apologies for my jet lag, I got in this morning from uh, JFK. I landed at Heathrow at about um, 6 a.m., and it's now uh, 1 p.m., and uh, I got about five hours sleep, and that was last night on the plane. Uh, But uh, with apologies for any kind of slip-ups that that might kick in, uh, I will pick up when sysadmins rule from where I left off last time. Uh, People tell me I read too fast. Maybe this will slow me down. The generators kicked in a minute later. Sysadmin stampeded for the stairs. Felix grabbed Van by the arm, pulled him back. Maybe we should wait this out in the cage, he said. What about Kelly, Van said. Felix felt like he was going to throw up. We should get into the cage now. The cage had microparticulate air filters. They ran upstairs to the big cage. Felix opened the door and then let it hiss shut behind him. Felix, you need to get home. It's a bioweapon, Felix said. It's a superbug. We'll be okay in here, I think, so long as the filters hold out. What? Get on IRC, he said. They did. Van had Mayor McCheese, and Felix used Smurfette. They skipped around the chat channels until they found one with some familiar handles. Pentagon's gone. White House, too. My neighbor's barfing blood off his balcony in San Diego. Someone knocked over the gherkin. Bankers are fleeing the city like rats. I heard that the Ginza's on fire. Felix typed, I'm in Toronto. We just saw the CN Tower fall. I've heard reports of bioweapons, something very fast. Van read read this and said, You don't know how fast it is, Felix. Maybe we were all exposed three days ago. Felix closed his eyes. I think if that were so, we'd be feeling some symptoms. Looks like an EMP took out Hong Kong and maybe Paris. Real-time sat footage shows them completely dark, and all net blocks there aren't routing. You're in Toronto? It was an unfamiliar handle. Yes, I'm on Front Street. My sister's at U of T, and I can't reach her. Can you call her? No phone service. Felix typed, staring at the network problems display. I have a soft phone on Mayor McCheese, Van said, launching his voice over IP app. I just remembered. Felix took the laptop from him and punched in his home number. It rang once, and then there was a flat, blatting sound, like an ambulance siren in an Italian movie. No phone service, Felix typed again. He looked up at Van and saw that his skinny shoulders were shaking. Van said, Holy motherfucking shit. The world is ending. Felix prized himself off IRC an hour later. 
Atlanta had burned. Manhattan was hot, radioactive enough to screw up the webcams looking out over Lincoln Plaza. Everyone blamed Islam until it became clear that Mecca was a smoking pit and the Saudi royals had been hanged before their palaces. His hands were shaking, and Van was quietly weeping in the far corner of the cage. He tried calling home again, and then the police. It didn't work any better than it had the last twenty times. He SSH'd into his box downstairs and grabbed his mail. Spam, 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 more spam, automated messages. There, an urgent message from the intrusion detection system in the ardent cage. He opened it and read quickly. Someone was crudely, repeatedly probing his routers. It didn't match a worm signature, either. He followed the trace route and discovered that the attack had originated in the same building as him, a system in a cage one floor below. He had procedures for this. He port-scanned his attacker and found that, the, that port 1337 was open. 1337 was LEET, or ELEET, in hacker number letter substitution code, and that was the kind of port that a worm left open to slither in and out of. He googled known sploits that left a listener on port 1337, narrowed this down based on the fingerprinted operating system of the compromised server, and then he had it. It was an ancient worm, one that every box should have been patched against years before. No mind, he had the client for it, and he used it to create a root account for himself on the box, which he then logged into and took a look around. There was one other user logged in, Scaredy, and he checked the process monitor and saw that Scaredy had spawned all the hundreds of processes that were probing him and plenty of other boxen. He opened a chat, Stop probing my server. He expected bluster, guilt, denial. He was surprised. Are you in the Front Street Data Center? Yes. Christ, I thought I was the last one alive. I'm on the fourth floor. I think there's a bioweapon attack outside. I don't want to leave the clean room. Felix whooshed out a breath. You were probing me to get me to trace back to you? Yeah. That was smart. Clever bastard. I'm on the sixth floor. I've got one more with me. What do you know? Felix pasted in the IRC log and waited while the other guy digested it. Van stood up and paced. His eyes were glazed over. Van? Pal? I have to pee, he said. No opening the door, Felix said. I saw an empty Mountain Dew bottle in the trash there. Right, Van said. He walked like a zombie to the trash can and pulled out the empty magnum. He turned his back. I'm Felix. Will. Felix's stomach did a slow somersault as he thought about 2.0. Felix, I think I need to go outside, Van said. He was moving toward the airlock door. Felix dropped his keyboard and struggled to his feet and ran headlong to Van, tackling him before he reached the door. Van, he said, looking in his friend's glazed, unfocused eyes. Look at me, Van. I need to go, Van said. I need to go home and feed the cats. There's something out there, something fast-acting and lethal. Maybe it will blow away with the wind. Maybe it's already gone. But we're going to sit here until we know for sure or until we have no choice. Sit down, Van. Sit. I'm cold, Felix. It was freezing. Felix's arms were broken out in goose flesh, and he felt, and his feet felt like blocks of ice. Sit against the servers by the vents. Get the exhaust heat. He found a rack and knuckled, nestled up against it. Are you there? Still here, sorting out some logistics. How long until we can go out? I have no idea. No one typed anything for quite some time, then. Felix had to use the Mountain Dew bottle twice. Then Van used it again. Van tried calling Kelly again. The Metro Police site was down. Finally, he slid against the servers and wrapped his arms around his knees and wept like a baby. After a minute, Van came over and sat beside him with his arm around Felix's shoulder.
They're dead, Van, Felix said. Kelly and my, my son, my family is gone. You don't know for sure, Van said. I'm sure enough, Felix said. Christ, it's all over, isn't it? We'll gut it out a few more hours and then head out. Things should be getting back to normal soon. The fire department will fix it. They'll mobilize the army. It'll be okay. Felix's ribs hurt. He hadn't cried since... since 2.0 was born. He hugged his knees harder. Then the doors opened. The two sysadmins who entered were wild-eyed. One had a t-shirt that said, Talk Nerdy to Me, and the other one was wearing an Electronic Frontiers Canada shirt. Come on, Talk Nerdy said. We're all getting together on the top floor. Take the stairs. Felix found that he was holding his breath. If there's a bioagent in the building, we're all infected, Talk Nerdy said. Just go. We'll meet you there. There's one on the sixth floor, Felix said, as he climbed to his feet. Will, yeah, we got him. He's up there. Talk Nerdy was one of the bastard operators from hell who'd unplugged the big rooters. Felix and Van climbed the stairs slowly, their steps echoing in the deserted shaft. After the frigid air of the, sa of the cage, the stairwell felt like a sauna. There was a cafeteria on the top floor with working toilets, water and, a co and coffee, and a vending machine food. There was an uneasy queue of sysadmins before each. No one met anyone's eye. Felix wondered which was Will, and then he joined the vending machine queue. He got a couple more energy bars and a gigantic cup of vanilla coffee before running out of change. Van had scored them some table space, and Felix set the stuff down before him and got in the toilet line. Just save some for me, he said, tossing an energy bar in front of Van. By the time they were all settled in, thoroughly evacuated, and eating, Talk Nerdy and his friend had returned again. They cleared off the cash register at the end of the food prep area, and Talk Nerdy got up on it. Slowly, the conversation died down. I'm Yuri Popovich, and this is Diego Rosenbaum. Thank you all for coming up here. Here's what we know for sure. The building's been on generators for three, hour now. three hours now. Visual observation indicates that we're the only building in central Toronto with working power, which should hold out for three more days. There's a bioagent of unknown, of unknown origin loose beyond our doors. It kills quickly within hours, and it is aerosolized. You get it from breathing bad air. No one has opened any of the exterior doors to this building since five this morning. No one will open the doors until I give the go-ahead. Attacks on major cities all over the world have left emergency responders in chaos. The attacks are electronic, biological, nuclear, and conventional explosives, and they are very widespread. I'm a security engineer, and where I come from, attacks in this kind of cluster are usually viewed as opportunistic. Group B blows up a bridge because everyone is off taking care of Group A's dirty nuke event. It's smart. An Om Shinriko cell, Shin Shinrikyo cell in Seoul gassed the subways there about 2 a.m. Eastern. That's the earliest event we can locate, so it may have been the Archduke that broke the camel's back. But we're pretty sure that Om Shinrikyo didn't, couldn't be behind this kind of mayhem. They have no history of info war, and they've never shown the kind of organizational acumen necessary to take out so many targets at once. Basically, they're just not smart enough. We're holding up here for the foreseeable future, at least until the bioweapon has been identified and dispersed. We're going to staff the racks and keep the networks up. This is critical infrastructure, and it's our job to make sure it's got five nines of uptime. In times of national emergency, our responsibility to do that doubles. One sysadmin put up his hand. He was very daring in a green, incredible Hulk ring tee, and he was at the young end of the scale. Who died and made you king? 
I have controls for the main security system, keys to every cage, and passcodes for the exterior doors. They're all locked now, by the way. I'm the one who got everyone up here first and called the meeting. I don't care if someone else wants this job. It's a shitty one, but someone needs to have this job. You're right, the kid said, and I can do it every bit as well as you. My name's Will Sario. Popovich looked down his nose at the kid. Well, if you'll let me finish talking, maybe I'll hand things over to you when I'm done. Finish, then, by all means. Sario turned his back on him and walked to the window. He stared out of it intensely. Felix's gaze was drawn to it, and he saw that there were several oily smoke plumes rising up from the city. Popovich's momentum was broken. So that's what we're going to do, he said. The kid looked around after a stretched moment of silence. Oh, is it my turn now? There was a round of good-natured chuckling. Here's what I think. The world is going to shit. There are coordinated attacks on every critical piece of infrastructure. There's only one way those attacks could be so well coordinated, via the internet. Even if you buy this thesis that the attacks are all opportunistic, we need to ask how an opportunistic attack could be organized in minutes. The internet. So you think we should shut down the internet? Popovich laughed a little, but stopped when Sario said nothing. We saw an attack last night that nearly killed the internet. A little DOS on the critical routers, a little DNS foo, and down it goes like a preacher's daughter. Cops in the military are a bunch of technophobic losers. They hardly rely on the net at all. If we take the internet down, we'll disproportionately disadvantage the attackers while only inconveniencing the defenders. When the time comes, we can rebuild it. You're shitting me, Popovich said. His jaw literally hung open. It's logical, Sario said. Lots of people don't like coping with logic when it dictates hard decisions. But that's a problem with people, not logic. There was a buzz of conversation that quickly turned into a roar. Shut up, Popovich hollered, the conversation dimmed by one watt. Popovich yelled again, stamping his foot on the countertop. Finally, there was a semblance of order. One at a time, he said. He was flushed red, his hands in his pockets. One sysadmin was for staying, another for going. They should hide in the cages. They should inventory their supplies and appoint a quartermaster. They should go outside and find the police or volunteer at hospitals. They should appoint defenders to keep the front door secure. Felix found to his surprise that he had his hand in the air. Popovich called on him. My name is Felix Tremont, he said, getting up on one of the tables drawing out his PDA. I want to read you something. Governments of the industrial world, you weary giants of flesh and steel, I come from cyberspace, the new home of mind. On behalf of the future, I ask you of the past to leave us alone. You are not welcome among us. You have no sovereignty where we gather. We have no elected government, nor are we likely to have one, so I address you with no greater authority than that with which liberty itself always speaks. I declare the global social space we are building to be naturally independent of the tyrannies you seek to impose on us. You have no right to rule us, nor do you possess any methods of enforcement that we have true reason to fear. Governments drive their, derive their just powers to, from the consent of the governed. You have neither solicited nor received ours. We did not invite you. You do not know us, nor do you know our world. Cyberspace does not lie within your borders. Do not think that you can build it as though it were a public construction project. You cannot. It is an act of nature, and it grows itself through our collective actions. 
That's from the Declaration of Independence of Cyberspace. It was written twelve years ago. I thought it was one of the most beautiful things I'd ever read. I wanted my kid to grow up in a world where cyberspace was free, and where that freedom infected the real world, so that Meatspace got freer, too. He swallowed hard and scrubbed at his eyes with the back of his hand. Felix awkwardly patted him on the shoe. My beautiful son and my beautiful wife died today. Millions more, too. The city is literally in flames. Whole cities have disappeared from the map. He coughed up a sob and swallowed it again. All around the world, people like us are gathered in buildings like this. They are trying to recover from last night's worm. They were trying to recover from last night's worm when disaster struck. They have independent power, food, and water. We have the network and the bad the, that the bad guys use so well, and that the good guys never really figured out. We have a shared love of liberty that comes from caring about and caring for the network. We are in charge of the most impor uh, important organizational and governmental tool the world has ever seen. We are the closest thing to a government that the world has now. Geneva is a crater, the East River is, a fire, uh, is on fire, and the UN has been evacuated. The distributed republic of cyberspace has weathered this storm basic basically unscathed. We are custodians of a deathless, monstrous, wonderful machine, one with the potential to rebuild a better world. I have nothing to live for but that. There were tears in Van's eyes. He wasn't the only one. They didn't applaud him, but they did one better. They maintained respectful, total silence for several seconds that stretched into a minute. How do we do it, Popovich said, without a trace of sarcasm. Well, that's the breaking point for today. Uh, like I said, I'm no longer reading to you from a story in progress. I'm reading to you from a story that I'm happy to report I have completed. Um, and I will be reading more to you later. I need to go write a speech and uh, get on a train and go to Oxford and give a speech. So have a great weekend, everyone. I'll upload this before I go and clear it uh, the next time I get a network connection. Uh, good night or good day or whatever it is. Bye.